Today we have a special guest, uh, Nicholas Zeffi, a recruiter with a lot of experience, formerly worked for NPH, and now he's working with McMaster to bring top-tier talent to that university. So if you would love to learn how you can become a top prospect and different careers you can take on after basketball is done, um, this is this is the episode for you. Be sure to tell a friend about what we have going on here. Um, today's in- episode will be very interesting, so be sure to tune in, subscribe, and learn. Um, also, in general, if you haven't heard before, this podcast is about basketball and fitness. So tell a friend to tell a friend. Get up to subscribe. If they love basketball, if they love fitness, this is the place for them. I'm your host, Keon Mears. Shout out to our sponsors at PX Therapy. Um, for 40% off of your purchase of a massage gun, be sure to head over to PX Therapy and type in the code K-A-Y-O-N-M-A-Y-E-R-S. And now enough of me talking. Time to start today's episode featuring recruiter Nicholas Zeffi. Yo, tell me about this podcast, bro. I just listened to... Uh... You're one with Shadrach. Shadrach? Meshach. Meshach. Meshach, his brother Shadrach. Bro. See, I remember Shadrach because Shadrach was like LeBron James back in the yeah. day. Yeah. Everybody, everybody says that. It's funny Meshach was saying that too. Um, yeah. I got to get him, him on here at some point just see people can see um, his journey and why he didn't pan out. I could learn from him. But yeah, bro. So, um, how has this whole pandemic like changed your whole outlook? I know you've been working to like build your own platform. Um, has that helped or hurt what you're doing? Um, in the immediate term, it definitely hurts it because of just the events not going on. You know, there was a couple other championships that had to be crowned. Obviously, AAU was starting right at the beginning there. A lot of kids were getting, you know, excited for the season, the Mm -hmm. the summer season. And then also other uh, athletes were looking at training throughout the season. The CEBL was kicking off. Like, it was was a good transition point in the year. Um, I feel good that some of the leagues got were able to finish their championships, like U Sports finished yeah. theirs. Um, the OSBA finished theirs. So that was good. But overall, obviously no basketball. Uh, there's not a lot to talk about in terms of the action that's going on in the court, uh, what different prospects look like so at this point I think everyone's just trying to stay as healthy and as safe as they can yeah definitely bro it's crazy how uh how life can change in the blink of an eye um so like originally you started out you know with Northwell Hoops but like even before that like talk about how you you even got started with basketball like you were you played in high school but like what what sparked your interest in the game you know what? And they don't do them anymore. And it's a shame. It's a shame that the NBA doesn't do these anymore, but the NBA used to do um, those really cool old school videos 
you remember those like the NBA um, throughout the nineties, like the mid nineties. Yeah. 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 There was some, there was some gems on there. So I know when we were, when we were in that kind of age of, you know, coming into like grade seven, grade eight, YouTube started becoming a thing. Like it wasn't (laughs) a thing before that, man, YouTube's crazy now, but back then there was like, (laughs) Just a couple videos. You try to find some <laughs> highlight reels. There was no guy there teaching you how to dribble, how to yeah, shoot. Yeah. None of that. Like it was like the ground floor. So they had these NBA '90s things, and then I watched one that was actually the '80s, and it was uh, about Magic uh, Johnson and Larry Bird. Wow! And I was just like, man, the stories, the you know, the battles, and also in the '80s. It was just more physical, so you'd see a guy throw an elbow or whatever, and you're like, "Wow, yeah. like these guys, these guys are competing. Like they want it bad." So right away, I fell in love with the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, the competing aspect. I, I, I just love the fact that you get what you put in uh, in sports. Um, it's it's like to the truest extent. Yeah. Obviously, some kids have the talent, but you know, there's there's that old adage if. Uh, you know, if you if you work hard enough, you could beat the talented guy. So I love that right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And then I was just drawn to basketball because I was terrible at skating. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I played a bit of volleyball, but, you know, it's not that serious. So I, I started really studying the game and I and I brought in one of my other loves, which is history. And I just learned the history of the NBA and yeah. and it just like kind of captivated me from there. I played. Uh, I played in high school at St. Martin's. We were terrible every year. Um, I I got out of there. Um, I was lucky enough there to win four MVPs, but nice. it, it was it wasn't a it wasn't a very competitive team. But I wanted to push myself. I, I enjoyed playing uh, at at a really competitive level, mm-hmm. and then I went into university and kind of focused more on uh, school. So started really taking that aspect in and within, I'd say a year, I, I missed the game so much. It was mm-hmm. like, it's like a hole in your, in your chest that you need, like something's gone. It's like one of your organs are gone. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. it's an insane feeling. And I knew I had to get back in. I knew I had to get back in. Uh, I knew the guys from North Pole Hoops, Tarks, uh, Tark and Elias. And, you know, I, I talked to them and, you know, they gave me my first shot. It was great. I, mm-hmm. I went I went with North Pole Hoops for about six years. Learned a lot about recruiting. Saw a lot of great young Division One players come through the ranks and are actually getting offers now. But watching them in grade seven, grade eight, you know, develop, really kind of seeing what, why is one guy better than the other, you know, mm-hmm. mental game, different things like that. Um, and, and uh, just learn to love that side. And, and recently I've, I've gone with McMaster as a recruiting assistant. So I'm going to be doing my second year there. And I'm just so, man, what a, what a treat. Like you sports is one of the most underrated leagues, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, different issues as to why that is but Mm -hmm. just going through the year I did with McMaster actually half the year because I I was at a commission after a car accident but coming in that first uh half of the year 
and watching the preparation of these coaches at youth sports and the way that they implement their game plans and the way that the players uh, go into different games, it just brought a mm -hmm. whole different aspect to um, the levels that, you know, I, I, I had seen at the time, you know, I, I had seen a lot of these different division one players coming up and then having their games explode, but seeing these guys at the university level day in, day out, what their game planning looks like, it was, it was really impressive. So, you know, doing that now, and then I have a couple projects on the go as well. Um, don't want to say anything too quickly. Want to get yeah, it out course. there first. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, yeah, definitely have some other things that I want to achieve. No, nah, that's amazing, bro. So um, first and foremost, congratulations on that position. Um, I got a couple of questions like to follow up on that because um, obviously you being a recruiter and having that experience, a lot of kids, a lot of parents don't understand like what it takes to be a, um, just to be a prospect period, whether it be in Canada or the States. Um, so the first part of my question is, um, given your experience, what does it take to be a prospect? And then secondly, um, speak on the youth sports and how it's growing and speak on why it's a good fit for kids to go to. Cause like, I feel like a lot of kids grew up saying D one or bust and then they just limit their options. And then once they have no division ones coming in, they're, they're kind of left scrambling. Yeah. So first I'll touch on what it, what it takes. Like from, from my vantage point, I know, uh, a lot of people have different uh, ideas when it comes to this, but from my vantage point, the number one thing that I see in players uh, that I've, that I've witnessed go from about grade eight all the way to the NCAA, let's say the highest level division one NCAA. Um, th there's kind of th three pillars that I think are very important. Number one is uh, the kid has an absolute love for the game. Uh, you have to have a love for the game. There's nothing else that really drives uh, these kids to get to the levels that they're at. They got to they gotta play when no one's watching. They got to be able to get out there without a trainer. They got to be able to put in three, four, five hours a day and just have fun. You know, mm -hmm. love the game and have fun with the game. They're just hoopers. Like, even if they weren't getting paid, they'd probably be doing this at the YMCA every every weekend. Mm -hmm. Just just going out there because they love the game. And, and I think that kind of goes into the second pillar, which is parents are so crucial. I think the parents yep. that um, understand what it takes through the grassroots level uh, can definitely navigate their, their kids through it. But at the same time, I think the parents that really give a lot of there there's other parents that just give a lot of their time there's there's so many stories of incredible parents driving unbelievable amounts of summer making mm -hmm. sure that their kid gets out there so i think when you get the parent that's knowledgeable and also the parent that that just grinds it out with their kid mm -hmm. i think that's one of the solid pillars that's in there um and the last one I think is just the level of maturity of, of, of the kid. Uh, I've seen, I've seen 16 year olds. I've had conversations with 16 year olds and you're actually shocked when you walk away from a 16 year old 
and they've taught you more than you've taught them. Yeah, and it's crazy. a weird feeling. <laughs> they, they're almost wise beyond their years. You know, you think of a guy like Jamal Murray, just, yeah. he, he just had a, he just had a grown man mindset at 15, 16. Yeah. And there wasn't much in his way that was going to impede him. Uh, he was going to get to where he wanted to go. He was extremely disciplined. He was extremely hardworking and loyal to the grind. And mm -hmm. he, he made it. And it, it just showed that his mindset at that time, he wasn't thinking like a 16-year-old. Mm -hmm. You know, these, these, these guys that make it to the highest of levels, they've been very disciplined for a long period of time. And those hours of working have accumulated to the point where they're just so far ahead of the competition. So I think those are the three pillars that I see. Now, the youth sports level is I, – I, I was thinking about it today because of everything that's going on in the NCAA, right? Jalen yeah. Green is gone, so he's going to the G League with yeah. uh, Todd. Is it Michigan – the other oh, the big guy, Isaiah Todd from Michigan. Okay. Yeah. So both of them are going to the G League, and they've got whatever. They, they signed their $500,000 signing bonus, which is awesome. I think it's yeah. great. You know, they're, yeah. they're, it's, it's great that they're being able to get paid. The, the next thing I look at is what is going to continue? How is the NCAA going to continue? If they don't get top-level prospects, if they don't have a Zion, Mm -hmm. How are they going to continue? Because I, I know a lot of people last year just, just tuned in to watch Zion. Mm -hmm. and Duke games were crazy. And, and that just pushed. It, it kept pushing the NCAA. So how are they going to do that? And, and in America, they've built a, an unbelievable brand loyalty to your university. <laughs> it is crazy. I went to yeah. a Bills game a couple <laughs> of years ago. And I'm going to watch the Buffalo Bills. I'm there with my company, Bell. We're, we're driving in and I'm looking out and there's uh, people outside of their house at like 9am with a kegger going. They have someone on the barbecue. The TV's already there. The yeah. pregame is set up. Everyone's just having a time and they worship to, to an extent. But when you look at why someone's going to watch a Michigan game now, it's the guy that go, went to michigan so yeah what I, or, or 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 the girl or whoever whoever the parents of of the players or or just a student so i think in my head i'm like hey if tsn had a laurier i went to laurier if tsn had a laurier game on let's say tsn 2 at 7 p.m would i watch mm -hmm. it and Absolutely, I would watch it. Yeah, of course. Because you have Ali, so you have all the, you have great coaching of good players, and it's your university. You want to you want to rep represent. I went to Laurier. I know what it is to be a Golden Hawk. I want to watch that. Mm -hmm. So, I, I I just don't think you sports gets that love because Canada as a whole is not the capitalistic country that America is. So mm -hmm. in America, with the NCAA, you can make money. Do it. And anything in America is, is kind of, if you can make, it's the home of capitalism. If you can yeah. make money, go do it. Go, go. God bless you. God bless America and go do it. Here in Canada, it's, it's very different. Um, the, there's, there's a lot of policies in place yeah. that are more, and, 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 and it's to no fault of anybody. I mean, 
we've elected the way that we live. We have free healthcare. We have other things that, that, that come in, but overall it's more of a socialist country, uh, Mm -hmm. the way the economy runs at least. Um, and, and I think that it's, it's, when you, especially when you compare it to America, it's not the capitalist country that America is. So with, with youth level sports um, and amateur sports like youth sports, they, they just don't have the backing. They don't have the, the firepower that the Americans have. But I would definitely watch a Laurier game if it was on TSM. Yeah. Or, Sportsnet or Rogers, whatever. I'm not. I, it doesn't matter to me, AMC, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of crazy because, like, um, I, I like having these conversations. And, like, not too long ago, some people uh, reached out to me on Twitter arguing that the game is fine where it's at. Um, but basically, the, I was saying, like, I feel like U-Sports has so much to offer and it could be so much bigger. Why isn't this happening? Um, like, think about i'm paying to watch you sports playoffs at, at some point but not this past year but at the time you paid to watch it but then i could watch rg and zion for free which to me it made no sense like i understand there's a whole bunch of business and politics behind that but at the same time it's just like um the people who are like who i've seen who are who are a part of the U sports or like who are coming at me in that in that sense they don't have the vision like their background is hockey so they don't understand about, okay, like Laurier, for instance, they have Ali So, market him. Okay. Um, Western, they have Omar Shido, market him. Like market these players to market your league. Like that's just how the NBA got bigger. Like look at David Stern and the, the route he took to, to build a league. All these kids are high level cha- talent. Um, even if they're not the, going to go to the NBA, they could still um, inspire that next kid to be like, okay, I want to play in youth sports because they're getting that opportunity on TSN. So I'm, I'm so glad you touched on that and they don't, they don't, they don't get it. So what you're saying is, is great because it brings me back to why I love the games. So mm-hmm. I watched that Larry Bird and, and Magic Johnson uh, marketing. It's basically marketing. It's a story exactly. throughout the season. And yeah. I think with any league, any successful league, you need to have a compelling story. There yep. needs to be a villain. There needs to be the good guy. There needs to be redemption. There needs to be the super team. Yeah. And those teams, and, and, and they come or, you know, with, with, uh, with Ali So or, or Omar, like when they go to their hometown, yeah. you know, do they go off for 40? What's, yeah. what's the vibe with this team? What's the vibe with that team? Get with the coaches. Like really build the plot. Mm-hmm is 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 how i see it going but again there are restrictions right in 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 canada with that but i i'm i'm hopeful that uh, everything is moving at a good pace in basketball especially with the raptors just winning the championship Mm -hmm. i think it's gonna inspire a whole new generation Mm -hmm. um so i think that you know it's it's um it's on the up for sure Mm -hmm. for sure it's not when it's not when when uh, we we were playing, you know yeah. what I mean, or or when you played U sports, um, you know. There's there's actually some social media now. Yeah. I think uh, I, I forget what the channel is called. I, I want to show in the shout fourth you in the fourth you. They're yeah, doing yeah. really well. They do they do they do an amazing job for U sports mm-hmm. and telling the story to the younger kids. Exactly. Um, also, do you think it's possible? Um, for a player to get NBA attention or not just NBA attention, but 
um, to get drafted or get signed to a team from U Sports because when I was playing, um, we had this guy named Jimmy Dorsey and he had OKC calling. He had the Miami Heat, he had Washington, he had the Raptors. Um, and he was he was supposed to play at Syracuse, but you know things things didn't work out because of some things off the court. But I think the talent is there for U Sports, but I just don't know why and what it is. Like, what do you think about that? It's uh, it's it's definitely a conversation that needs to be had because here's the thing with youth sports is there's like, unlike the NCAA, there's no restrictions to your training, how much time you can spend with the coach. There's a lot mm-hmm. of development opportunities. Now with youth sports, I know there's, there's been a few selected players that have gone on to go to NBA uh, training camps and then summer leagues as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the overall arching factor that I don't think, know if it'll ever reach that is the top players are going to definitely uh, attract to the to the states and I, and I feel like yeah. you're not going to ha- have it happen organically it's not going to be like this kid had no offers he came through U sports and now he's an NBA prospect yeah. I don't see that kind of way but uh, a way that you just described it. So a kid, Syracuse, something happened, loses a scholarship, comes to a youth sports school. Very, very possible. Absolutely possible. Um, and, and I think we also saw it with uh, Ottawa. They had, they had a big a couple of years ago, I think maybe last year, uh, 6'8 guy, and he had a uh, same thing, uh, offered to Xavier. And for whatever reason, oh, it didn't pan out. The dude from Carlton. Um... I forgot his name, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he was on the team a, 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 about a year ago. So Eddie Okafor. Had, there we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Eddie, yeah, exactly. So he had that happen, and he went to Ottawa. Now Xavier's high major. That's a that's a big time school. So mm-hmm. I think that type of a route is more realistic right now. What does the mm-hmm. landscape look like in ten years, fifteen years? Are there full scholarships? Mm-hmm. Are we televising games? Is, is the next player thinking to himself, uh, you know what, I'm not going to go to that. I, I want to do it the Canadian way. I want to yeah. go prep school Canada. I want to go University Canada right to the NBA. I want to show everyone you can do it that way. Okay. You know, there might be that kid. Um, but overall, will the talent pool become NBA regular with youth mm-hmm. sports? Um, obviously, I don't think anyone's arguing that. Right, there mm-hmm. could be the one guy here or one guy there. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's good, bro. That makes sense. Um, so like, with that said, like, uh, let's say I'm a kid and I'm like, okay, I, I may be playing in U Sports, but um, I find a, a common problem. I've been trying to help a couple guys, and they just don't understand how to go pro and like. Um, unfortunately, like my career is cut short due to injuries, but um, I found that as long as you network and you put yourself in positions, um, you can get pro opportunities. But a lot of guys who are talented and they may play collegiate basketball, whether it be in the States or, 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 or here, they don't understand how to get these resources. So how can you sports or someone like you go about um, solving that issue and connecting guys with agents or giving them the, the needed exposure. Cause like 
there's still so many guys being left in limbo and like they just train for no without any purpose and this is this this is a market that i think has been seen in the in the rear view so mm-hmm. you've got high school and an elementary uh, elementary school is below high school obviously but you have high school where all of these great players are they're all going d1 nba <laughs> that's what everyone mm-hmm. thinks yeah yeah but you know, that's like what it is, NCAA, U sports, whatever. Then you go down to the elementary school and there's, you want to get the top players early. You want to know who the, who the top teams are and what the development looks like, mm-hmm. what the players look like. Then there's exactly what you're talking about. The, the, like, you can't even find really good 19U or 18U or I guess it goes 17U to 19U. Now yeah. there isn't even, there is no 18U. So it's 17 to 19. And there's no good tournaments anymore for those kids. And there's a lot of them, like you said, that have been left in that area, that gray area, mm-hmm. where they, they're they a fifth year and they're trying to get some exposure, but there's no real post-grad events. And then once they go through um, the entire process at the U sports level and beyond, there isn't there isn't a lot of connecting agents yeah. here in Canada, right? The CEBL I think is going to cover some of it. I think that's mm-hmm. a good league. It gives players another place to play, and I think it gives scouts another place to come. Uh, I think they can can view players from from a league like that. In terms of finding that infrastructure to bring players uh, into agents, I think that there are some well established. Uh, entertainment uh, agencies in Canada that obviously rely around, you know, uh, hockey players and uh, actors and singers, you know, because we do have some good talent coming out of Canada on that end. On the basketball end, I don't know if anyone's uh, really taken over that, you know, that yeah kind of landscape. It's still up there. It's very, everything's coming pretty fast. And I think everyone's focus right now is on, high school to find the next big thing yeah yeah and those guys that now are high level european players or even g league players um or or guys that need guidance or guys that need just someone to show them the road Mm -hmm. there isn't really anybody there to do that yet so it could be a different conversation in a while but right now i just think that that's kind of uh it's not on the front burner it's on the back burner yeah okay so, like, how did you get hooked up with McMaster and what went into you deciding to be, like, a recruiting assistant over there? Um, I got to give you a lot of credit for that. Yeah. Uh, you gave me – you, you – uh, I still remember you hit me up and you went uh, – I got I, – I don't remember the conversation. I'm going to paraphrase it, but you're like, I yeah. got a kid. He's 6'10 kid. Um, needs a place to play U sports. I said, okay, I want to come see him can you set up a workout and you get it done like right away the workouts <laughs> there i come see him um kid's good kid's very good Izichi kalu is his mm-hmm. name he's good very good and then i i knew patrick from before i had seen seen him at ofsa and made made a connection with him and i reached out to him and um told him about you know my my thoughts about getting into coaching and how I'd left North Pole hoops and, and so on and so forth. And at the same time said, I got a prospect you need to see as well. Like this yeah. kid is really good. So 
Um, you know, we, we saw Azichi, he ended up being a part of the team. Um, and then Patrick ended up, uh, ended up giving me another opportunity. So I've been, mm-hmm. I've just been blessed. I've been very, very fortunate that people have given me the opportunity. Obviously, I think uh, you have to put yourself in place to get mm-hmm. those opportunities as well. But it's, it's, it, that's only one third. The other third is it's just a blessing. It's, a, yeah. it's an absolute blessing. Yeah. And I'm just so grateful to be able to get into gyms um, get into practices, be with a group of guys, be in a team. Uh, it's, it's, it's truly a blessing when I think about all the other things you could be doing. Yeah, definitely, bro. Um, it's crazy. Cause like a lot of guys, like they don't know what to do once basketball is done. They don't, they may still have the passion for it, but they don't, um, know the avenues and not aware of the avenues. So like talk about some opportunities, guys can look forward to life after basketball because the reality is like not everyone's going to become a pro basketball player, whether it be in the NBA or Europe, NBL, and some of these leagues are not even enough to pay your, your bills. So it's like, okay, what's that next step? So like if I'm a kid and I'm looking into to careers in basketball, like given your experience and the things you've seen, the people you've met, uh, what are your recommendations into like uh, careers off the court in ba- but still in basketball? So what, what, what I've seen is the, the biggest industry that is forming right now, and I think a lot of young basketball players I've seen in my six, six or so years come back into the industry as is baseline film guys. Mm-hmm. So it's a love-hate relationship. I mean, I don't know if it's good for the kids to have that many film people, yeah. but it is, it is employing people, keeping them in the game, it is giving other people and uh, what do you call it an opportunity. So I've seen a lot of you know former players on the baseline, and what what we know as well with basketball players is that they're very creative, right? You got to be creative to play the sport, get into spots, do different moves, think mm-hmm. think of things on the fly, uh, see even see the game before it it's happening. Um, so. A lot of a lot of basketball players I found are, are creative off of the court as well, wh- whether it be drawing or video editing or putting a track um, on onto the video as well, something like that. It's it's done very well, and I've seen a lot of them come back into that. Um, in in terms of what we spoke about before, I think I. Th- I'm going to make a prediction. I probably well, I'll, I'll take a look at it in five years. It might not be right. I think that if someone like um, a former player, uh, relatively young, comes back and, and wants to be an agent or gets into the AAU scene, kind of gets into that agency scene, I think like we just spoke about, that mm-hmm. scene is kind of ripe for the taking, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's something that needs to be filled for these kids that are after they're done youth sports, different things like that. And also kids coming coming up through the ranks. So. Those are two that I see, um, but there's definitely a lot of sports management um, courses that are available. You could get your degree at Brock, um, uh, amongst other schools. Shout mm-hmm. out to Brock and, and <laughs> Willie Manigat. He's doing a great job there. Yeah, um, but there's there's definitely other other avenues as, as well with uh, sports uh, broadcasting. But I think a lot of kids, and and this is the thing about anything you want to do after basketball, I know we're talking specifically basketball, but anything else that you want to do, 
I think the world and the way media is being consumed is on a, is just smaller markets and pockets of media Mm -hmm. that are operating. I've seen people do well in areas that are just, you know, the KW, Kitchener Waterloo or uh, in, in the GTA or Hamilton in that kind of Niagara region. If you just zone in on regions and do uh, different work at, at, at that level in media for basketball, yeah. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of upside. No, nah, I totally agree, man. That's, 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 that's a good avenue for these kids to look into. Um, so aside from that, um, I know the NBA season ended due to coronavirus. Who was your team this year? <laughs> and who did you have winning? And who's your favorite Canadian in the league? So the team that I had winning it all, first I'm going to say the Raptors because I have to. Um, <laughs> I've, been a, I've been a Raptors fan since I can remember. Yeah. Vince Carter, 2000s. Had, had some of the greatest games, biggest dunks, and, and I've been a fan since then. So I have to go with them. But either than the Raptors, and also because they won it last year, so it's realistic. It's yeah. not like they're coming in as the eighth seed. Yeah. Either, either than the Raptors, obviously, um, the Lakers and the Clippers are the ones that everyone's looking at. Um, I personally, before the season started, was leaning towards – the Clippers, I ended leaning towards the Lakers. Mm-hmm. It comes down to, I think LeBron's going to be great. I think Kawhi's going to be great. It comes down to Anthony Davis. He's the young guy. He's got something to prove. He's, he's come from a situation where he was the only star, always winning. Now he's, he's coming to the, to the stage where it's like, are you the best player in the league? Yeah. That is the question. The best players in the league win championships and then win the finals MVP. Mm-hmm. I thought near the end, I was seeing more of that from him. I thought he was very dominant. Um, and I think just in a seven-game series, he'll figure it out. Um, with LeBron there, obviously. I'm not trying to say, like, LeBron's a sidekick or anything. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we know the part he plays. Yeah. So that, that was kind of my, my major, uh, my, my team that I thought I was, that was going to win it on the, on the East side. I I really like the heat. I'm a big Jimmy Butler fan. I think Mm -hmm. that he's uh, tough. He's rugged. He gets it. He's ready for the challenge. And if you want to go into any circumstance and you have Jimmy Butler backing you up, you feel good about yourself. So I think his teammates have really gotten that confidence from him. Mm -hmm. Whereas other places they said he sucked the confidence out of guys here. It seems like the guys are tougher. They get it They're You know, you're looking at uh, guys that aren't highly touted players. They're just happy to be there and they're learning from Jimmy Butler and Duncan Robinson came from a D3 school. That's crazy. He played D3. This is a crazy recruiting story. D3, then he gets picked up by Michigan, has a crazy season. Yeah. And then Miami finds him because that's what uh, Spo and Riley do. Yeah. So I like the Heat. I really, really like them. I think Jimmy is one of those guys in a seven-game series. If it wasn't for Kawhi hitting that buzzer beater, uh, it was still up in the air. They could have beat a mm-hmm. season. Canadian players to watch. Wait, 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 wait. Before you answer this. Okay. 
who is the best Canadian player in Canada or out of Canada? And is, are there any up-and-coming prospects who we should watch out for? Okay, okay. So, so the, the, the first question is, who is the best Canadian NBA player right now? Yeah. Here's the thing. Everyone's got their opinion. At, yeah. at, at right now, I got to say, out of the guys that are in the league, obviously, the, the pecking order, Andrews still has to be number one. Yeah. I mean, in my, in my opinion, he hasn't done anything to lose the number one. The other guys haven't been consecutive all-stars. Mm-hmm. No one's in the first team all-NBA. All I mean, he's kind of been there, and the other guys have also had more team success. But as we know, basketball is obviously a team sport. If Andrew now goes to Golden State, they win a championship down the road. I don't want people turning around and being like, <laughs> he only did it because he was with Golden State. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. can't have it both yeah. ways. So I'm saying the best player, if, if we're drafting them, I think Andrew, you can take him, and he works in a lot of positions. Mm-hmm. He's kind of been one of my favorite players to watch, especially his first three years. He was very athletic. He kind of jumped out of the building. The last couple of years, he's gone more finesse, hasn't really um, dunked as much or, or had crazy plays. I still enjoy watching him. Uh, I, I think the second guy has to be Shea. Uh, yeah. I think, and, he, and he's very close to being number one. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's the number – he's just – he's one of those guys, man, where he's just so uh, physically gifted with his handle. And, mm-hmm. and he can – he can dribble, pass, and, and shoot it at a good enough rate. He has to shoot it at a better rate. Yeah. I think as he gets as he gets that three point percentage up to around 38, 40%, he can get up to 25, 26, 27 points a game uh, if that happens. Um, so I think he's he's definitely n- uh, number two. And I, I should say two A because Jamal Murray's just right there too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like Yeah. I, I think Jamal's Jamal's played very well in Denver, done what they wanted, and I would have loved to see them in these playoffs. They're like that Toronto Raptors before we got Kawhi. Yeah. We had DeMar. They're, they haven't gone as far as we did, but they're in the playoffs every year. You know, they're chipping away. They're, they're preaching team chemistry. They got this team. Uh, so it would have been nice to see how they did in the playoffs. Uh, just in terms of prospects – um there's there there's definitely a few uh right now in high school that that everyone should be looking at number one is caleb houston i think he's oh, the yeah. best uh prospect i don't know if you've seen him play. yeah yeah uh, uh, Longford, shout out uh, tell me about him super skilled can shoot it from basically everywhere good athlete super unselfish great kid go left go right shoot basically any any spot up shot you need him to shoot uh from anywhere behind the three at six eight it's uh it's a really good skill set to have um and then i think that right right in right in that area of kids that are going into uh the ncaa right now um I really like this kid that's going to Clemson. His name is Olivier Maxine Prospers. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to say one thing in general um, about the, the 
the Canadian basketball scene, the recruiting scene, I think Quebec has firmly moved to number one wow. in terms of um, high major players mm-hmm. coming out within the next five years. Mm-hmm. So I think Ontario is still going to be there, obviously, number one right now. But what we saw at Quebec this year alone, it's like the floodgates are kind of getting open there. And the yeah. players there, um, they're not. So Ontario players are, you know, you know how Ontario guys are. They're cool. They're very, you know, they, they seem undisciplined almost. Yeah. You know? They yeah. seem very but they're just extremely talented. Yeah. And I'm not saying this for all of them. I don't want you to get a bunch of hates on this <laughs> on this podcast saying that I'm nah. trashing everyone, but nah. there, there is obviously that, that percentage of kid, RJ Barrett. I mean, there's so many of them, right. That are, are, are amazing coming out of Ontario, but I think Quebec, they come out of the East. They're, they're gritty. They're extremely gritty last year on their provincial team. Or, or it must have, it, it could have been the year before that. They had about five high majors or four guys that went high major playing for their provincial team. In Ontario, mm-hmm. if you're high major, you're not playing on your U17 provincial team. Yeah. You're playing Team Canada or you're doing the AAU circuit, EYBL, whatever the case may be. In Quebec, they, they, they've got something there. They've got yeah. something special where high majors right now are playing in the provincial championship, which wow. should also be televised nationally. But anyways, um, that, that is, that is what I see there. And, and they've got, they've got that kid Olivier. I really like, but then there's also Benedict who's going to be at Arizona. Lugens Dortz is in the NBA as mm-hmm. well. Chris Boucher is in the NBA as well. Um, Quincy Garrier is at Syracuse. And I know I'm missing a bunch of other guys, but they're they're extremely talented. And uh, and another kid is uh, that that actually kind of reminds me of you with his athleticism <laughs> is Keyshawn Bartholomew, and wow. he's gonna be he's gonna be one of one of those explosive guards uh, coast to coast. That's amazing, so look, bro. Quebec is is on is on the up uptrend, and I and I see them bringing out some really good players, some mm-hmm. really good players. So, like, um, with that said, if you had three pieces of advice you could give to any parent or any kid listening, what would it be? Uh, do you really want it? If, you, if, if you're trying to be elite, do you really want it? What's your level of commitment? Understand that playing the game is a blessing. It's hard to, it's hard to really send that message to kids because we all remember being that kid that thinks they're invincible, but it, it, it's a short lived time playing this game. So spend your time and, and, and have your priorities set. If you want to play to get to the highest level you possibly can. Great. If you want to play because you love the competitiveness. Great. If you just want to play because you love basketball. Great. Just understand your level. So how much do you want it? From, from, from the sport aspect. I think number two is just enjoy the relationships. Mm-hmm. Understand that the relationships that you make with your teammates, your coaches, your, your friends, um, that like your teammates that become your friends, your brothers, um, other, other people within the game uh, that you meet, 
uh, agents or uh, coaches at, at another level. Uh, just everyone within the game, just enjoy those relationships because mm-hmm. you, you build so many great bonds through basketball. I think that's a, the best thing I've built is the relationships I have. They're the things that I treasure the most. And, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't really care about anything else without the relationships. It just doesn't make sense to me. So just really like take time to, to understand the relationships that you built. And uh, number three is always, always, always understand how much you want it, build those relationships, cherish it and have a plan, mm-hmm. have a plan, execute. If you don't know what you're doing, get help. There's help. There's a lot of places that can lead you through the grassroots scene um ultimately there's a lot of good organizations and there's a lot of good people that will will help you go through it obviously you got to figure it out go through the weeds pick out the people that are going to be there for you at the end of the day mm-hmm. but you if you need help seek it out if you know exactly what you're doing execute and and those are kind of the things that that I would take um that that I would tell players or parents especially ones that are trying to be elite or just playing for for the love. Exactly, bro. Honestly, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Um, I feel like a lot of people, a lot of parents, a lot of kids are going to benefit from this. Um, how can people stay connected with you on social media? Well, I appreciate you having me on, man. And uh, I'm, I'm on Twitter. You can find me, Nick Zeffi underscore N-I-K-Z-E-F-I underscore. Um, I have some recruitment stuff coming out, um, some, some tweets, some tweets from some younger prospects. I know we didn't touch much on that. I wanted to touch more on the, the guys everyone knows, but Mm -hmm. that's, that's where people can stay connected with me and see what's, what's kind of going on. Yeah. That's amazing, bro. All right, bro. Let's stay connected, man. Appreciate it, man. Stay healthy. Keep doing your thing. You're killing it. And, uh, Proud to see what you're doing, man. You're you're really you're really gonna make a change. I, I I know that much. Thank you, bro. Thanks again for tuning in to the Northway podcast. Um, we really appreciate you taking your time and your day to tune in and learn something. Um, if you have any suggestions of how we can improve this podcast and how we can get better, please do not be afraid to shoot me a message on Instagram at Kaon Mirrors. Um, and please follow us on Instagram at The Northway. Subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts at The Northway. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. I am your host, Kaon Mirrors. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week or weekend, whatever day it is for you. Stay locked in. <laughs>